Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Oh, what a catch. Oh, baby. Week seven. Here he is. Here he is. Coming on strong. The new Megatron Kyle Pitts right against here. the Miami Dolphins. Yeah. Covered Man. by a corner. It doesn't matter. It's offensive it pass doesn't interference. Matter. I mean, he shields the guy with his right arm, but no. Well, eh, and, and, the defender, and the defender was flagged. <laughs> Not the, but it's still hilarious. a nice catch one-handed. It was. When you're using one hand to interfere, you got to make the catch with the other hand. Right. Here's Hollywood Brown. What a throw. Lamar Jackson, one of the only highlights for the Ravens. Toe drag. I hope that's not a real. I hope that's not a real rock wall at the back of the end zone. That's the same wall. That's wall, wall you got in your house, right? It's that fake Florida crap. <laughs> Rubber, <laughs> fake Florida rock. What a catch, uh, nice though. catch, though. Man, look at that. With that, get that, get that. Oh, that's just the top of the toe. Got the top of the toe in. Well done by Marquise Brown. How about Kyle Duggar? Baller right making here, Making a catch on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. How about this? Oh, the, the shoestring, grab it off the ground. I like that, Chris. Yeah, this guy's a really talented football player. I mean, can do it all, really. Again, you know Belichick. He's a master at finding these hybrid you know, secondary players. And Duggar can play linebacker, safety, great in man-to-man coverage, and, of course, has some hands to go with it. Looks like the immaculate reception there. All right, here's Daniel Jones. Not throwing, Chris. It's ODJ. That's what they're calling him here in New York. ODJ. ODJ. Oh, he took a hit, too. Yeah. Took a hit, too. Took a hit, too. Um, Right? But unlike Tom Brady. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Tom Brady made the day. He dropped it. Oh, and you know what? I saw somewhere that he originally tore his MCL a few years back on a play like that where he made the catch and tried to run with it, and when he got tackled, that's how he injured the MCL. I think uh, Alex Guerrero said that. Here's Foster Moreau replacing Darren Waller on wow. Sunday against the Eagles. Great catch for the 18-yard touchdown. Yeah, that's got to be that's, – that's Moss-ish right there. I mean, he goes over his head, like on the other side. I mean, that's phenomenal coverage. What a catch. And uh-huh. here's Derek Carr. Playing walking football in his house, 
Whoever that is, they're walking. Oh, my God. They're walking. <laughs> man, holy crap. He rifled that he thing. He fired that thing. And see the kid there? If that bounces the other way, they're going to the emergency room. Yeah, his wife. That's the one like thing you accept when, yeah. if, when, when you have kids, you just, you just wait for the next time you got to go to the emergency room. We only had to do it once. How many times have you had to go to the emergency room with your two kids? Oh, uh, only once so far. Only once. I mean, we're not out of the woods yet, so let me knock on some wood here. Uh, actually, great story. I, mean, I got to tell it now that you brought it up, right? I'm playing with the Denver Broncos. Kyle, I'm the backup. Kyle Orton gets hurt. I'm going to be the starting quarterback this week. It's my first day of a busy work week. I get home. My wife decides, you know, again, she didn't mean to do this, but she's swinging my little girl, Charlotte, who's now 15, but at the time, you know, is three or four. She's got her. She's holding her here by like the forearm and swinging her, right? Like arm elbow comes out of the pocket. They call it they are a socket. They call it milkmaid's elbow or whatever, right? I think you've heard of this before, right? And my no, little girl you've told the story before. Oh, I have told the story before. Okay, so yes. my my little girl who like is is tough. She's Barbara Sim. She's my dad's mom. She's like refuses to ever say anything hurts or I'm tough. And and she's she's complaining like dad I can't move my arm and you know my my wife didn't want to buy it at first that we had to go to the hospital because of what she did to the to to our daughter. Uh, but they popped it back in, no big deal. But that was our our emergency room story so far. I remember thinking when you told that story once in the past, your yeah. wife probably does not appreciate you disclosing <laughs> no. that publicly. And no. I assume now, <laughs> after hearing it a second time, she probably doesn't appreciate she's the fact the that you She's driving the kids to school right now, it. so she's probably listening to it live as she's driving the kids right now. And hopefully they're she's over it now. She, she gets a chuckle out of it. <laughs> sorry, honey, is All right. right. So, sorry, Danielle. Uh, okay. What you need to know as we get closer to week eight, the Packers and the Cardinals, the game undermined by the fact that we've got some Man. COVID issues. Man. Green Bay Packers. Defensive coordinator Joe Barry will not be available unless somehow he can generate a pair of negative tests 24 hours apart. When you're talking about Monday to Thursday, that's a quick turnaround. Devontae Adams tested positive on Monday. Alan Lazard, as a close contact, is knocked out for five days. That means he's not vaccinated. That's the only way we can find out if someone's vaccinated right. or not. One of the only ways. There's a couple of ways, but one of them is if you're knocked out for a close contact, you necessarily aren't vaccinated because the close contact rule does not apply to those who are vaccinated. And then Marquez Valdez-Scantling, he's coming back, I think, from a hamstring. Yeah, I think They're you're They're not right. sure what his status is going to be. Might play. So there's a chance he's going to play. Yeah. Chance he's going to play. They got Amari Rodgers. They have Randall Cobb. Uh, and uh, it's going to be a challenge, Chris. No yeah. Devontae Adams. Forget about everybody else. No Devontae Adams is going to be a challenge. Yeah, uh, no, no, no doubt. I mean, a, a challenge, of course. It's Arizona. They're, they're of course, uh, in the conversation for the best team in football, and, you know, I know the Packers are right up there with them, but, uh, I, I, you know, yeah, it stinks for just the viewers for us on Thursday night. I want to see both of these teams at their best. That's where it, it stinks a little bit, no doubt about it. I, I will say, too, it just shows you, you know, again, not that I'm – uh, just how this virus still can spread like that is is I, I think amazing to me. It, it it really is how quickly that that can all happen. But yeah, no Devonte Adams, you know, and really Lazard got going last week within their offense. You know, I, I I think it was the first week where I went, whoa, okay, here's another receiver actually involved in the game planning, or at least they're going to go to him and feature him and have a few plays designed for him. And of course now he's 
not going to be able to play either. So definitely some big blows to the Green Bay football team for, for a huge matchup for number one seed implications in the NFC. I told this story last night on PFTPM, and I got to mention it again. My nephew, who's 17, is a tremendous Arizona Cardinals fan. Maybe the only Arizona Cardinals fan in the entire state of West Virginia. There, there will be more, now there I'm is. sure, jumping yeah. on the bandwagon. Right. But he's old school. He's, he's like six, seven years ago and would not abandon. You know how kids are. If the team they like isn't good, they find another one. No, he's all in. Yeah, High integrity when it comes to rooting for his team. I told him about... Devontae Adams, and his response was, that's dumb. I wanted it to be a fair game. And I'm like, kid, take what you can get. Right. If it, if it becomes – don't, don't – but no, it's it, – and, and also, they have Aaron Rodgers. It's still going to be a fair game, Chris. I, I think the Packers will still be fine. If anything, they'll dig a little deeper and maybe be – even a little more determined well, yeah. to overcome the absence of Devontae Adams. There is that aspect, too. And, you know, what would also, I'll say, you know, again, that maybe plays into their hand to a degree. Nothing's really that positive when you're missing Devontae Adams. But, you know, if you are preparing for Green Bay, you're going, wait, wait, we know what they're going to do. We know they want to go to Devontae Adams. Now you're a little bit like, I'm not really sure what avenue they're going to take or who they're going to feature in some of these plays and – you know, you might get a few curveballs because, yeah, they're less than on the offensive side of the ball, and now it's going to force them to maybe have a little bit different of attack to where maybe a slight advantage just in that department, but not overall because Devontae Adams, of course, is as hot as any receiver in football. Let's hear from Aaron Rodgers on the prospect of going forward on Thursday night. The reality, not prospect, it's happening. No Devontae Adams. Here's Rodgers on that. I don't know. Uh... We're not a better team without him, that's for sure. I'd have to look at each of those games, but we've just found a way in those games. Uh, I think to the Atlanta game from a couple years ago, I guess last year, and I threw two whole shots to running backs, which I hadn't done in a long time. One to Jamal and one to Aaron. Bobby had a big game. Uh, you know, we just kind of find a way. This is the Saints game the same year. I remember Allen had a real big game before getting... Uh, injured later on that one. Bobby had a big game in that one. He ran the ball well. So, you know, other guys just got to step up. Yes, they do. And again, with Aaron Rodgers, they're going to be in the game. And and I, I, I'm not ready to just write off the Packers for this one. We'll make our picks tomorrow in the Joint Mega Picks podcast. But uh, there they are. Without Devontae Adams over the last two seasons, they've won all five, six games. So, you know, now this is an undefeated Cardinals team in their building. It may make it a little more difficult, but I think they'll find a way. They'll at least be competitive. I'm not ready to say they're going to win, but they'll at least be competitive. No, yeah, definitely. No doubt about that. And and you're right. I mean, there's some teams on there. That's, hey, New Orleans and, and Kansas City uh, that certainly were pretty damn good, and they found a way to win, definitely. The offense has a little bit of everything. It has, you know – something to offer for everybody when they decide they want to go down that route. They haven't had to even go down that route. That's what is, I mean, amazing on a weekly basis right now. For the most part, you know, last week's the first time we really didn't see uh, Devontae Adams go off. I mean, it, it was the first time all year long. So it is going to force them to get Robert Tunyon back into the conversation a little bit where we finally saw him a little last week too. Uh, so we'll see where it goes. But, yeah, New Orleans last year, it was about – the tight ends and Alan Lazard on play action pass when they didn't have them. And, you know, I think the Atlanta game, I got the stats right here in front of is Tunyon, the backs like he talked about, and Valdez Scantling a little bit. But they'll they'll make do and they'll spread the ball around. 
It's it's an offense that's pretty complete and got a little thing, a little bit of offer schematically uh, in a lot of different ways. Now that Kansas City game occurred without Patrick Mahomes. That was yeah, that was a little bit of a injury. yeah, right. He's a little bigger deal and, and than Devontae. <laughs> it's coming fairly soon. The Packers Chiefs showdown, first time ever, Rodgers and Mahomes Ooh, baby. together on the field. Ooh, Assuming baby. they both stay healthy until then, that one's Please. coming. I think it's coming week nine. I think it's, it's just it's next right weekend. around the corner. I think it is. I think it is too. I think you're right. It is. It's yeah. next week. All right. Um, Dak Prescott out of his walking boot. Yep. I don't look. I don't know what that means yeah. as it relates to his ability to play on Sunday. I guess it makes it more likely or less unlikely. But that doesn't mean he's going to be 100% good to go, no issues. It just means he's not in a walking boot. Yeah, exactly right. That's all it means. I mean, I, I would hope he's not in a walking boot at this point if we're talking about him being able to play this Sunday. If he was in the walking boot, still, still, I'd still go, what? There's, there's no way. But again, this is not about, you know, okay, he can walk around as we've discussed a little bit when the injury originally happened. That's where these injuries are weird. You can feel totally good in all aspects of life with his injury, except for, oh, when I have to move aggressively or push off on it or, you know, step my, my foot outside the box of my body and now really push up in the pocket or change directions. Excuse me, I'm drooling on myself. Um, that, that is where it's going to be the final test. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see what his status is for practice as we go on here through the week and, and where it's all at. We're going to be making picks tomorrow morning for that Sunday night game that you'll see on NBC, Ooh, Cowboys and Vikings, without having any idea. With Shut up. Without having any idea of whether or not Prescott's going to play or if he plays, is he going to be limited? I have a very different feeling about that game if it's Prescott versus if it's Cooper Rush, yeah, hundred so, percent. Uh, and I don't think I don't think we're going to know, and they're going to keep us in the dark as long as they can. Let's take a break. When we return, Mike Tomlin. If you're going to issue a denial, I thought about, about you. anything, right, right. If you're ever going to deny in a way that will convince people, Tomlin has provided the template. Yes, we'll let you see and hear what he had to say about possible interest in the USC job when PFT Live continues right after this. Are you being um, included in conversations uh, as a sounding board for who should be USC's next head coach? I've been talking to um, a bunch of folks and, and giving input here and there. and um, Yeah, I've, I've been as, as, as involved as they'll let me be. You've got Penn State, you've got Iowa State, you've got Cincinnati, you've got a wild card like uh, Mike Tomlin. That, that if Mike Tomlin wants out, and and if, I think you know at the end of the day, there is not a direct. That's the guy everybody's pointing their fingers at. There's a there, there's a lot of great options. Has has and Mike USC, Tomlin hypothetically been discussed? Uh. I, I'm sure he has. I think I think anybody is a potential candidate right now. And that's what's so great about the job is it can lure an NFL guy in that's tired of their current situation and worried about, is Ben Roethl Roethlisberger gone? Is he done? Who are we going to draft? Do I have, does Mike Tomlin have to start over with a first-round young rookie quarterback? 
you know, everybody's on the table being that that job is so big and so coveted. Um, you know, I think I think there's a bunch of people that that are in the discussion. And once we get to week 16, 17 of the NFL season and the college football season is over, we'll have a direct front runner. Wow. Okay. That's pretty spicy with Mike Tomlin there. I like it. You is that the first you've heard of that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, that was from Monday. Carson Palmer with Dan Patrick. Carson Palmer, who said he's involved, as involved as they'll let me be, Heisman Trophy winner from USC. Sure, it should be. Involved as they'll let me be, talking to people. Yeah. And I don't think it was an accident that Mike Tomlin's name got thrown out there by Carson Palmer. Um, and and I, I, look, it, even though the program has fallen on hard times, it is you – S F and C. No doubt. I didn't know there was an F in there. It's USC. (laughs) Well, there I've been hanging around you too much, but it's USC. Yes. It's a historical marquee program that is in search of a coach that will bring it back to prominence. Yeah. And uh, you know, that and and so, you know, I look. We didn't talk about it yesterday because I knew that on Tuesday at noon, Mike Tomlin would have his weekly press conference, and I assumed he would be asked about it, and he was. Let's have a listen. Mike, at any point in your coaching career, did you ever have an interest or express an interest in being a head coach in the college game, and do you have any idea how that may or may not have led to folks like Ryan and Doug Whaley and Carson Palmer connecting you to some college jobs. Hey, guys, I don't have time for that speculation. I mean, that's a joke to me. Um, I got one of the best jobs in, in all of professional sport. Why would I have any interest in coaching college football? Um, that'll be the last time that I address it. And not only today, but moving forward. Never say never, but never. Okay. Anybody else got any questions about any college jobs? There's not a booster with a big enough blank check. Anyone else? All right. Thank you. Anybody asking Sean Payton about that? You know, anybody asking Andy Reid about stuff like that? Well, Andy Reid's in his 60s and he has Patrick Mahomes. And Sean Payton went through a stretch every year where there was a Sunday splash report some point in November and December how it could be his last year with the Saints. Look, I I thought it was great because if you're going to deny something and make it believable, that's the way to do it. That's the way to do it. Because I never believe when somebody says the thing they have to say. What's he going to do? Show up and say, well, you know what? I really would. I am thinking about next year. You know, who's going to be quarterback? Mason Rudolph or you? Oh, please, God help me if he's our quarterback. He's not going to say that. But when you have that kind of passion, when you have that kind of zeal, it makes it clear he's not going to USC or anywhere else. He's staying where he is. And it's kind of against his interest because, frankly, the more coveted you seem to be, the yeah. more highly compensated you will be by your current employer. But I like the fact that he did what he did there. I don't agree with the idea that it was some sort of an insult to him to have that question. I think it's a sign that it's a sign you know, of respect he's a coach in a lot that, of ways. It's I a think. sign of respect. Yeah. Look, it's USC. Matt yeah. Casey texted us during that segment. I want to give him credit for this because he thought of it and I should have. It's Los Angeles at the dawn of the NIL craze where money is going to be falling out of the trees for players that doesn't have to come out of the coffers of the university where you're going to have 
people who want to see USC return to prominence. It's not about the boosters check to the head coach. It's about the boosters check to the players. You're going to be in a position to recruit better when you consider the NIL money that's going to be available to USC players moving forward. So the, I, it's not an insult to be included in that conversation. It is a sign of respect. Well, it, it is. Yeah. I mean, NIL or not, whatever. I mean, the USC, I mean, yeah, they just got to get it rolling again and kids will want to go there, period. I mean, we, we've seen that before. But yeah, they've. Tuscaloosa, fall- Los Angeles. They've fallen out of, yeah. But- Tuscaloosa. Los Angeles. But kids want to go Come places on. where they know they're going to go to the pros right now. And, of course, the Pac-12 isn't as good. USC hasn't been really, you know, anything special basically since the Pete Carroll era. I know they had a year or two here and there. I don't know. But so that, that plays into it, too. And, yeah, like, hey. Get Mike Tomlin. I know. Then you, that's I know. why you that's want Mike Tomlin. I don't know why you he was. You want to create a pro football factory. I don't know why he was, you know, felt disrespected either. I, I, don't, I don't quite understand that. But I love his passion. And I think one of the reasons he's probably annoyed with it is because we know, like, Mike Tomlin is one of those guys that's – he doesn't want this distraction right now. He's in the middle of a, a, a barroom brawl right now, and he's trying to fight for this team's life to get to the playoffs. He doesn't want to hear this crap. He's no nonsense at all. They got the Cleveland Browns this week. It's the last thing he wants to be talking about, right? And then, you know, the other aspect of it, just to shed some light, like, I just don't ever see Mike Tomlin – like, the, the, why he's so aggressive about it is because the, he just the, college football. I think would be like he would he would rather not do anything than coach college football. I do. He just he's too in love with the NFL game. He wants to be X's and O's and be able to talk to guys like they're men and not have to worry about babysitting to a degree. Mike Tomlin trying to talk to some seventeen-year-old kid. I mean, he's the best communicator I've ever been around. But then kissing the parents' butts and all that—that doesn't work for Mike Tomlin. And yeah, I think that's where he's probably a little disrespected. He's like, "What? I've been to the Super Bowl twice." We don't ever lose a season here. Where did this even come from? Well, it came from Carson Palmer, who has respect for you, and that's why he brought up the name, I think. Uh, but but all, all in all, I just I never see Mike Tomlin doing that. And let me just say this one last thing too, Mike. I just know there was there, there's been people that have been around Mike Tomlin that I know that are from that Tampa staff and other staffs where they went to the college route and they hated it. They, they talked all the time about how you don't get to coach football enough in college football. It's you got to do everything else all the time. You got to write a letter to this recruit and I got to call him on the phone and you know, got to make sure this guy went to the workout and this guy went to the class and that's not Mike Tomlin. He's not here for that crap. So, uh, there's no way he goes down that road. Sorry to talk so long there. If if I was making a short list yeah. of coaches I would want if I was in charge of the USC job yeah I would want a coach that's going to create a pro football factory Nick Saban was 55 56 ish when he went to Alabama in 2007 remember he wasn't going to be the Alabama coach and two weeks later he was yeah I I would have Tomlin I would have John Harbaugh I would have Sean Payton who else would you put on that list somebody who you know you're going to get 15 years out of yeah Right. I mean, those are those are the names that certainly come come to my what mind. About McVay, McVay, Shanahan. Would you try to yeah. take McVay? Right. I mean, I know Texas made a play at Shanahan a few years ago and offered him big money. I mean, he was he was part of that conversation. I think it kind of flew under the radar there. But yeah, it's that type of guy, definitely. But the problem is, again, when you get back to it, like I just those guys are too. 
using the the phrase we used a lot about, you know, um, uh, Urban Meyer. You know, what was the phrase we used? The the, the NFL world is too much about schematics and figuring out ways to do X's and O's. And those coaches we're talking about there right now, we've talked to them a lot. They love that stuff. They love that stuff. One of the reasons I don't like watching college football sometimes is just because I go, it's amateur hour. You know, the management of the game. Whoa, it's the same defensive coverage for the 45th play in a row. Whoa, that's fun. And that's where guys like that we're mentioning right there, I think, struggle with the idea of going to college because they just go, I can't really put my, you know, philosophy and my schematical brain to the test here. And it's underwhelming to them. Yeah, uh, but 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 your point's right. The schematics with the talent. If you get so much talent and you have the schematical advantage, you you could have what Nick Saban has in Alabama, sure. which I assume that's sure. what USC is trying to build because they kind of had it sort of, not to the same extent as no, Alabama. But you're that's, right. That's what close. they're aiming to do. Yeah. Tomlin, Harbaugh, and Peyton. And by the way, John Harbaugh was the preferred Harbaugh when Michigan hired Jim in 2014. John was the one they wanted. So uh, I think after Saban... Every college program that wants to become a perennial powerhouse has got to be thinking, if I get myself a great NFL coach and I can help sell these kids on the idea that you're going to be more prepared to go to the NFL if you come here, you throw the NIL money on top of it, it's a huge, huge – so I I don't know why it should be taken as an insult. It should be taken as a compliment, and uh, I would want Tomlin or Peyton or Harbaugh, and I'd have to think if I would want any more. But if I'm looking for 15 years out of a guy – and turn the program into a powerhouse. Those are the guys I want. Let's take a break. We'll take a look at the Week 8 Power Rankings with some of your questions when this Wednesday edition of PFT Live continues right after this. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. NetCredit is here to say yes, because you're more than a credit score. Apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day. Loans offered by NetCredit or lending partner banks and serviced by NetCredit. Application subject to review and approval. Learn more at netcredit.com partners. NetCredit, credit to the people. Treat dad to the good stuff at Nordstrom Rack and save big. Father's Day is Sunday, June 16th, and Nordstrom Rack's got gifts dad will love up to 60% off. Shirts, activewear, watches, cologne, denim, and more. Find amazing deals on Tommy Bahama, Cole Haan, Original Penguin, and Vince. Great brands, great prices. So get to your Nordstrom Rack store now and make dad's day with gifts up to 60% off. Burrow in the gun on third and two. He'll look to pass. Quick throw. Slant caught by Chase. Runs to the 30. Breaks off the pass. He's sprinting down the middle of the field. The Ravens 40. Pulling away at the 30. 20. 10. Touchdown. How great is Jamar Chase? 82 yards to the house. Dan Hort and Dave Lapham on the call as the Bengals took out the Baltimore Ravens. Did you see the story about somebody trying to climb into the Ravens 
radio booth during the game. I did not. It was a, a, a female veteran who said she was looking for a drink. So she was trying to climb. I. It sounds like she already she had was, a, Yeah, she had her fill uh, already, tried it to sounds like. Climb into <laughs> the radio booth while they were broadcasting live. Wow. So anyway, we got the story That's about the PFT one. if you want to check it out. All right, speaking of the Ravens, and look, power rankings, this is a segment for on a Wednesday. Like, we got a lot of other stuff to talk about. There isn't much to talk about with power rankings today because six teams were off in week seven. And in the top 10, either you didn't play or you won, other than the Ravens. Everybody's up one from three to eight because the Ravens, who were at three and they worked their way up there, they deserved it. But with that loss they had to the Bengals, it's bye-bye Ravens. They're still in the top 10, but they're behind all the one-loss teams, and they're behind two of the two-loss teams. The uh, Well, actually, three of the two-loss teams, the Bills, the Bengals, and the Titans, Chris. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I think the one thing that we got clarified really the last two weeks, like especially during the 1 o'clock games, because we saw like a lot of domination in those games, there's, a, there's a clearly an upper and lower class in the NFL. I mean, there's no doubt about that. So I think we're going to see a lot of these teams that you got in your top 15 or 16. Like Not much is going to change here throughout the year. I think we're kind of like at the point now where we kind of know who they are. Maybe we have one team from your bottom half who kind of catch on fire and jump back up in here. But I think for the most part, you know, other than Kansas City uh, not being in this frame, we're going to see these teams for the, the majority of the year. It's just going to be how can you organize them and go that way. And that's where it's interesting. I mean, your top three, you can't argue your top three. Uh, you can't really argue. I, I don't know how you could really argue anything for the most part. I, I mean, your top your top five, six, I think is spot on. You know, the one thing I, the one thing I want to see is Green Bay. I just, I guess Green Bay is the one team I still have a little question about, like in the top 10. I, I know that sounds funny, but like, yeah, it's about, they execute. They don't mess up games. I understand they beat the Bengals a few weeks ago, but I don't know if the Bengals were totally like confident the way they are now. And I just wonder, that's why I think Thursday night is going to be fun to see because, yeah, execution's great, but I don't know if they have enough high-end talent across the board to mess with some of these teams when it really counts. That's what I'm, I'm looking forward to. By the way, Bowen OC said via Twitter in response to the ranking of the Bengals at number seven, I'm just here to see Chris say, Bangles. Bangles, baby. I get, what up? What up, Bowen OC? I get so many oh, emails. I know. I know. About you saying bangles. Yeah. On this show, on Football Night in America, and on your damn podcast. Like, right. why are you telling me that he keeps saying bangles on his podcast? Right. Why am I the one that has to bear the brunt of you not knowing the difference between bangle and bangle? And I just respond to him saying, I gave up years ago. Yeah. Okay. That's how I talk. Shut up and deal with it. Okay. All bangles. Right. Deal with it. <laughs> by the way, by the way, the Chiefs are number 17, just outside of the top 16. And they deserve to be there, given where they are right now we'll see if they can turn it around by beating the giants on monday night when we return a draft inspired by what was the biggest story of the week until yesterday the tom brady 600th touchdown pass football we'll do that next here on pft live all right let's get to it the moment from Sunday, Mike Evans scores the touchdown. You've seen this by now. Takes the ball over to Byron Kennedy. 
who then is cajoled into giving it back. Kennedy said he said no twice to the trainer who came over and asked for it. The third time was a charm. He gave back the ball. He's gotten all sorts of stuff since then, but not the ball. So today's draft, what ball would you want other than the Tom Brady 600s touchdown pass? So, Chris, you're up first. What I, ball would you want? I'm gonna, Anytime, anyplace, yeah, anywhere. Yeah, I, I'm going to go to the 1958, you know, NFL championship game. That's the first Ooh. one. Yeah, the greatest game ever played, you know, per se. The game that, uh, of course, put the NFL on the map, right? I, Yankee Stadium. I mean, Johnny U, the Giants, of course, who that's my squad. I mean, there's just so many special things about that. Of course, the way that looks with the fans rushing the, you know, the field, uh, you know, I, I think to that take was, the ball from him. Yeah, right, right. That would be that would be the ball I'd want right away. To me, that like almost like, you know, is an emblem of the NFL forever and ever, like one of its greatest artifacts. So I'll start right there. I'll see your greatest game ever played, and I'll raise you the ball from the moment that I realized as a seven-year-old watching the Raiders and the Steelers in the 1972 playoffs yeah. that the NFL is a pretty damn big deal, and I probably should pay attention to it. So, folks out there, if you hate listening to me and seeing me, blame Frank O'Harris because it was the immaculate reception that did it for me. I would want that ball, and I'd want to inspect it very carefully to see if there was a scuff where possibly it hit the <laughs> the green cement at Three Rivers Stadium. Right. But what a moment. And, yeah, I, I wonder where that ball is. Seriously. I never hear about that ball. No, you they don't. They should auction that ball. I, I know. I don't know. I mean, who, well, let's see. Maybe we'll get, a, like, some evidence. Does he keep this all the way through? I can't remember. I've seen this clip 90 million times. But, yeah, again, I mean, I'm, I'm with you there. How can you argue it? It's, it's such a special play in the history of football. And the greatest, one of the greatest dynasties we ever, it's the first great dynasty we saw in the Super Bowl era. So that's where, uh, you know, as far as the Steelers, it's a special, special football. I know they didn't go on to win the Super Bowl that year, but that was kind of the start of like, whoa, we better watch out for the Steelers next year. They're kind of legit. Uh, I like that one a lot. I'm, I'm with you. That would have been my next pick. I, I, listen, I, I guess I'm a little bit old school because I'm staying old school. I, I mean, I'm going with like Super Bowl three. Joe Namath guarantee ball. I mean, yeah. I mean, but no, which but, ball? There's no ball. They well, have, who cares? No, one of the freaking balls he threw ball a touchdown on, okay? One of the balls he threw. I don't care. I don't need a specific exact ball. I'll take any one of the multiple balls they used that day. To me, still, that's just, again, to have a ball from that game, the AFL will never win a Super Bowl against the great NFL. Never. And then what? This hot shot from, you know, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, who went to Alabama and is in New York and all famous and stuff. He's going to guarantee a win. I mean, that, that to me is I'll take any ball from that, that damn game, okay? How dare you challenge me like that? <laughs> I would, without question, want the ball that David Tyree pinned against his helmet yeah, with the one. helmet glued to the ball right. from Super Bowl Forty Two. One of the great catches, great moments in NFL history, right up there with the Immaculate Reception, really. I mean, what a play that was to make it happen for Eli Manning to buy time, steps up, he's getting dragged down and fires it away. Could have been called in the grass. Oh, that's what's amazing and about somehow, it, really. somehow, yeah. somehow that ball is caught while well, he's being ripped to the ground by Rodney Harrison. Even more impressive, he was able to hold on. I Seriously. would want that ball without question, and I figure that one is somewhere in a very safe place. All right, let's take a break. We'll finish our draft of the historical footballs that we would, if we got our hands on them, never give back. When PFT Live continues right after this.
notable football you'd like to own. All right. Well, I'm not going to just go from like, you know, a game or whatever, like, you know, like I did with the Super Bowl three. It obviously bothered you. All right. But I would like a ball from my dad's Super Bowl, Super Bowl 21. We don't got anything from that game. Uh, nothing. No ball, no helmet, no jersey, none of it. All gone. All right. So don't have any of that. But I think if I'm going to go next. Where's the jersey? They stole it? it. Somebody stole it. They stole it. Him and Lawrence Taylor, my father and Lawrence Taylor, everybody stole it. Somebody stole everything after the game. He doesn't have any of it. Uh, how, yeah, wow. he's got nothing. Um, but if I'm going to go to one specific ball, I'm going Super Bowl 49, the Malcolm Butler interception, the one that gave the Patriots a fourth Super Bowl. I mean, come on. That's arguably, in my opinion, the greatest Super Bowl ever played. It was two awesome teams and, of course, one of the best plays we've seen in the history of the game, too. I would say I want the ball from the catch, but of course I hate the 49ers, so I wouldn't want any of the artifacts from the rise of the 49ers, one of the great all-time moments in NFL history. I wouldn't want that ball. Uh, I would want that ball. The other ball I'd want from college, the one ball I'd want is the Stanford band ball. When they, they oh, you're going to go to college. The, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, you're right. That would be the last one I would want. Right. That's the only college ball I would want. Cal Stanford. Yeah. And uh, did he hold on to that ball, that guy? Because he ran over the guy in the end zone that was playing the picture the of him holding it up. Right. He's holding it up like this. Right. And I feel like he throws it up in the air like maybe a few seconds later. But that's a good call by you. I like that. Maybe I would want the trombone, too. Maybe one of the instruments that, <laughs> that the band had that day. All right, <laughs> we're done for this day. We'll see you tomorrow morning with another edition of PFT Live. Thanks for some of your time. See ya. Treat Dad to the good stuff at Nordstrom Rack and save big. Father's Day is Sunday, June 16th, and Nordstrom Rack's got gifts Dad will love, up to 60% off. Shirts, activewear, watches, cologne, denim, and more. Find amazing deals on Tommy Bahama, Cole Haan, Original Penguin, and Vince. Great brands, great prices. So get to your Nordstrom Rack store now and make Dad's Day with gifts up to 60% off. There are two things that are absolutely true. Grandma loves you, and she would never say no to McDonald's. So treat yourself to a Grandma McFlurry with your order today. It's what Grandma would want. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. At participating McDonald's for a limited time.